I don't think it's just about taking your brand and pushing it out there. You know, there's over 40 different tactics you could use to promote your brand. LinkedIn, Facebook, advertising, webinars, podcasts. You know, there's a whole variety. What's up, Brandy experts? Arik here at Ewing Design. And my guest today is Karen Tiber Leland. And Karen is the president of Sterling Marketing Group which is a branding and marketing strategy and implementation firm. So she helps CEOs, executives, and entrepreneurs to build stronger brands, personal, team, and business brands, and, and how to become thought leaders in their fields. So her clients have included LinkedIn, Twitter, American Express, and Roshi, and many more. So she has been interviewed by Fast Company, The Atlantic, MSNBC, and Fortune. And Karen is also the author of the book, brand mapping process actually brand mapping strategy and this is the book right here and this is the book we are going to talk about today hello karen thanks so much for coming on the show my pleasure thanks for having me thank you so first of all i wanted to start by by saying that uh, your book is is very practical i really enjoy you know various insights and, and you give us specific tips and, and you know and, and you, you present us with your tools and, and techniques so um, so whether it is uh, for, for CEOs and, and executives who want to build uh, or refine their personal brand or business brand, because those things go together, right? Or for creatives or consultants like myself who just want to learn how professionals do it. So this book, I, I, I would really recommend you guys to check it out. It provides actionable techniques, as I said, for defining, building, and designing stronger brands. So with that, uh, and just for the record, this is this is this book is quite uh, different in the sense that uh, you talk quite a lot about personal branding, right, and how it works with business branding as well, how those things work together. So in the introduction, you talk about your own story and, and how those hard times force you to rebrand and refine your brand and reinvent your life and reshape your business, right? So, and I think that despite the fact that you wrote this book a couple of years ago, I think now it's actually very, very relevant, you know, during this pandemic. We can find ourselves in similar position as you were, you know, those couple of years ago, where we are often forced to rethink our, you know, personal brand and how we present ourselves out there on the internet. So in order to, you know, grow and, and, and thrive and survive and prosper in, in those times. So can you just walk us through how it all started for you? And, and perhaps we can talk about some, some of the benefits using your approach and, and, and focusing on, on building personal brand together with your business brand. Now we are going to take a quick break here, but we will be right back. Listen, my mission is to help people build and design iconic brands. So whether you're a business leader who wants to be more intentional with branding and all of its aspects, or you're a creative professional who wants to attract powerful clients and truly be able to help them with branding, then you need to start with a discovery session in order to develop a strategy that will inform all of your creative work. And everything that you need to learn how to do that, you can find in my online courses at ebakdesign.com shop, where I share with you my worksheets, case studies, video tutorials, and other additional resources to help you feel safe and strong about your process. And now let's get back to our interview. 
Well, you know, I've been, I started out as a management consultant and I ran a management consulting firm that focused on executive development all over the world with Fortune 500 companies. And one of the things I consistently found is that leaders, executives that had teams that were high performing, great customer service skills, great employee engagement skills, were leaders that had really positive personal brands. So I think often when we talk about a personal brand, we think of it as something that's selfish, right? That's just for us and our own, how we seem in the world. But my experience is that a personal brand, if it's strong as you, as a leader, whether you're the leader of a small business or the leader of a team within a Fortune 500 company, or you're the leader of a, you know, a growing, a growing mid-cap company, having a personal brand is the way, one of the ways that you express your leadership. And so I think that for me, I also realized that the experiences people have in their life shape their personal brands to a certain degree. And so you can use those personal experiences to shape your life in a way or to shape your personal brand in a way that's either positive or negative, hopefully positive. Right. So uh, can you just uh, outline for our listeners? I just wanted to give our listeners some idea of what they can expect from your book. Uh, can we talk about, uh, outline maybe some, some of the benefits of building a strong personal brand together with your business brand? For example, my some of my key takeaways from the book, you know, expanding your current, you, you can expand your current outreach and, and contribution. You can contribute to a bigger audience. You can navigate all those things like, you know, branding, PR, marketing, and, and, and get above the above the crowd by positioning yourself well in the marketplace and and you can be seen as an industry leader so so people seek you out right and the fourth thing is to maximize online reputation so you're you're becoming ubiquitous and so people can find you you know so clients can find you and people who want to work with you is that correct yeah, that's oversimplifying it a little bit, but yes, I mean, those are mm-hmm. some of the bottom lines. You know, everyone who calls me says, I want to be a thought leader. And my not so joking response is, okay, but first you have to have some thoughts. So I don't think it's just about taking your brand and pushing it out there. You know, there's over 40 different tactics you could use to promote your brand LinkedIn. Facebook, advertising, webinars, podcasts, you know, there's a whole variety, but it's not the, so much the tactics you're using at first, it's what are you actually putting out there? So all of the things you said are outcomes, but they're only outcomes if you're offering consistent, high quality information or consistent, high quality service. And so the starting place for everyone is really defining what is it that you're contributing and then what's the best path to contribute. Now, if you do that long enough over enough time, then of course you can create a personal brand where you're considered an expert in your field, where it can be a funnel for new customer business, where you can be a go-to person for media, but all of that's the end result of this whole process. And I think far too often people focus on the end result rather than the process. Right. So let's talk about the process then. Um, so I wanted to make this podcast actionable for our listeners. And your book is very actionable. And, and you present us with your, your uh, proprietary seven-step brand mapping process, right? And uh, this is what I wanted to talk about, about each of those seven steps. So starting with anchor statement, 
Some people may call it elevator pitch, you call it anchor statement. Yeah, so what it what it is, is it's really this idea that you have to be able to say what you do in a very precise, concise, understandable way. It's amazing how many people I'll ask, what do you do? And they don't, they don't have a good answer for that. They're all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I found is that if you can't answer that question, and again, I call it the anchor statement because it anchors the brand, but a lot of people call it an elevator pitch. If you can't answer that quickly and easily and in a pattern that people can understand, they'll keep nodding their heads, but they're really not listening. They stop listening. So part of it, part of defining your brand is you have to be able to say what it is that you do, what you bring to the table very quickly, very easily. That's the anchor statement. The other thing you have to be able to talk about is what's unique about you. I call that your unique branding proposition, Mm -hmm. not what makes you better than other people or worse than other people. It's not a comparative, but what is it about you that's unique? And what's unique might be something that comes from your background. It might be something that you created, a process or something that you created. It might be a particular education you have. It might be a particular life experience that you have. You know, I have a client who was uh, became a finance director in a in a, a startup company, a very successful startup company. And before that, she'd been a chiropractor. And she used to not like to tell people she'd been a chiropractor. And I'd say, why? And she'd go, because it seems weird that I was a chiropractor. And now, then I went back to school and I got you know a finance degree and now I'm a finance manager. And I said, I don't think it sounds weird at all. I think it's interesting. I think it's part of your unique branding proposition because as a chiropractor, you really had to learn how the system of a body works and how to optimize it. And as a finance director, you're, all you're doing is learning how the system of finance works and optimizing that. And when we made that connection for her, she was able to see how that really was her unique branding proposition. Mm-hmm. So I think there's your unique branding proposition, right? That's, I also that's a great story. And I think and I think this story, sorry, and I think you, you described this story actually in your book. So I, I remember that I can recall that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I think the other thing is you have to be clear on what your what I call your brand tone and temperament, which is what's the feel of your brand, right? Almost what's the style of your brand? Because so many people do things, for example, like build a website and then they say, I don't know, that website doesn't really feel like me. And I say, well, why did you pick those colors or those fonts or that template? And they'll say, well, the web designer said it was a popular one this year. And my point is, okay, it might be popular, but that doesn't mean it's consistent with your brand tone, with your feel of your brand. So I think there's thinking through the feel of your brand. I think there's also what I call the brand energy, which is the, what I call that is the the brand energy is the weather you bring with you. What's really fundamentally the thing that you're contributing? Now, for some people, it's their ability to connect other people. For some people, what's at the heart of their brand is that they're great mentors. For other people, what's at the heart of their brand is they're great advocates, right? For some people, what's yes. at the heart of their brand is their ability to make things and create things. And so really understanding that is important because that drives the kind of language that you use and how you describe what you do. And the crazy thing is I'm saying these things really quickly and they sound really obvious, but it takes me at least an entire eight hours to work with a client to really flesh those things out. It's not like I just have a quick conversation. It's about eight hours worth of work to flesh those things out for a client. Because what you're really trying to do is get to the deepest explanation and description of the brand as possible. And that's true, by the way, whether it's a business brand or a personal brand, it's no different. I do that same process, whether I'm doing a CEO brand, a personal brand, an executive brand, a business brand, a team brand, irrelevant. Those things have to be answered. 
you even say that in your book there is no uh, there is no difference when it comes to brand building whether you you, you are you are like a coca-cola right your brand uh, we should approach your personal brand in similar way the process uh, so, isn't yeah, so, any difference. Obviously, the execution's different because of size and business versus personal. Right. But the process is the same. The process is similar, right? So we need to clearly define what you stand for and so on. So you just walked us through the, uh, the four f- uh, first steps. So just to sum up for our listeners. So we are start- So the, the first step would be always the anchor statement. You go, again, you call it anchor statement, but... Some people call it elevator pitch, but uh, the same thing. you know, it's the same thing uh, uh, at the essence. So, you know, uh, I just wanted to, for the record, I just wanted to say that, uh, as you say in your book, quote, there are as many branding processes out there as there are branding consultants. And, and this is true. So obviously your process is unique to you and it comes from your own experience working with CEOs and executives and brands and, and, and trying, you know, uh, different techniques and tools and, and, learning from uh, your experience, right? So just wanted to make it clear for our listeners. So so always, so you always start with the anchor statement as the first step, what's the brand, which is basically brand's bottom line, right? So as you said, we need to clearly be able to explain what we do. So actually it, it answers the question when people ask you, so what do you do? And it cannot be something generic uh as you said that people just you know gonna nod and 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 either they don't understand or it's too vague for for them to kind of embrace what what you do or understand how you help others and so on so and in your book you really dive deep into how and you walk us through which i find really useful you give us specific you know tips and directions on how to actually nail it down so not going to go into details, Just uh, I just wanted to give you guys an overview. And I think what's quite interesting uh, here as the, as the last thing I wanted to mention is that you use this framework doing, having, being, right? C- can you um, explain to our listeners what does it mean? Yeah, I think what happens is most people, when you ask about their brand or, or they tend to define their brand by what they do. I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, you know, I'm a marketing strategist, I'm a teacher. And again, it's important to have those identifiers, but most people orient their brand around what they do. And what I say is that there's another two parts of your brand, which is what you, the way you're being, which is the way that you're doing what you're doing. You know, as much part of your, what you do is how you are with people. That's just as the way you're being with people is just as much a part of your brand and your brand reputation. And then you know, that last part is when I say what you have, it's really the results that you have as a result of your brand, the results you produce for other people. And so I think people who have really rich brands don't just define their brands by what they do. They define their brands by the way in which they do it, you know, how they're being, and then the results that they actually have produced for other people. I think people that have really rich, deep brands know that their that their personal and their business, by the way, brands are a function of all three of those things combined. Right, so uh, yeah, so just to sum up, our uh, preferably this uncle statement would hit all those three components, right? Brings, having, and being. So, you know, what you do, describing your service, your processes, your offerings, having, 
So uh, being, uh, so the contribution, your, your character, the qualities and having, which is the result, the outcome or the impact. I don't know that your anchor statement does all that, but in the total def- definition of your brand and how you understand yourself, you have to have clarity about all three of those. Right. Uh, so you use it. Yes. Because otherwise for it would be a very long anchor statement. <laughs> Uh, yes, and it, sh- it should be short, but yes, but you mentioned that framework throughout the process. So when it comes to your process, we, we should, uh, it's going to help us clarify our message, right? So then uh, then you walked us through the second step, which is unique branding proposition. People will talk a lot about unique selling proposition and stuff like that. This is uh, more about positioning and answer the question, why you? Right. So here we can talk about specialized background, our education, trainings, experience, proprietary processes. For example, the, the, the framework that, that you have, right, that's your proprietary process that you created to use it with your clients. Right. So that's your unique branding proposition. So do you think you can give us some 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 examples of this second step is all about? The unique branding proposition? Yes. Well, like the the chiropractor was one example, right? That's what made her unique. Um, I have, you know, I can just tell you for myself, I've been a reporter. I've been an actor. I've written 10 books. I've been a keynote speaker. You know, I've had, I've been a, a magazine writer. So I've, I've like part of my unique branding proposition is I really understand media from both sides of the desk, right? I'm a podcaster. So I understand it as the person being interviewed and I understand it as the person interviewing. And I come from a management consulting background. Most people who do what I do come from marketing communications or PR, which is wonderful by the way. But part of my unique branding proposition is I really understand the way businesses function because I came from very hardcore management consulting. Plus I have all those other things. That's just what makes me unique. Now, does that make me better than anybody else? Not particularly. Does it make me worse? Not particularly, but it makes me right for the people where that unique branding proposition is the right thing. So I think it's figuring out what is it about you that you bring to the table? I have another client, he's a CEO of a hospital and he's an interesting guy because He's a CEO of a hospital, but part of his unique branding proposition is that when he first started working, he realized he had to find a way to align everyone in the hospital, and he created a particular process that he that's proprietary to him that he puts into any hospital he goes into to get everyone aligned. That's part of his unique branding proposition he brings to a job when he gets hired. So it's different for everyone, but it's figuring out what is your secret sauce in a way. That's really what that refers to. Right. So that will be the, the second step. Now, the third step, you talk about brand tone and temperament, which is actually brand personality, right? Character or mood. So here, as you already mentioned, is the visual elements, you know, the, the color palette that we use, uh, whether it is logo Well, it's not, or it isn't all about the visual elements. There's visual elements and non-visual elements. I'm saying you have to understand what your brand personality is before you translate it into visual elements. Because if you translate it into visual, if you create the visual elements first, it's not necessarily aligned with your brand yes. personality. It's not the right way to go. Yeah. So first you need to uh, you need to define what is your brand personality. And and I remember you give us some tools, you know, on on how to evaluate or how to define our, our brand personality, and then that would inform. Our, strate- our strategic choices when it comes to color, typography, photography, web design, 
uh, and, and things like that, the, those visual elements, right? So yes, that absolutely brand tone and temperament, this third step would inform our choices when it comes to visuals. So then the step number four is, is about brand energy. And I think that's quite interesting as well, because you present us with, here with the 12 core archetypes. I'm just going to run quickly through them just to give our, our listeners an idea of what we, what's in the book. So you mentioned those 12 core archetypes, which are advocate, maker, connector, motivator, synthesizer, fixer, implementer, visionary, interpreter, storyteller, facilitator, and mentor. This is quite different than those 12 brand archetypes that comes from, you know, that are so popular, like uh, from Carl Jung teaching, right? This is, yeah, these have this, nothing to do with Carl Jung. They're, it's a completely different distinction. Right, right. Uh, is it something, can you just give us uh, where does this come from? Yes, I created it out of observing it after 25 years of working with people. Aha, uh-huh, so this is, this is, to- okay, so this is totally yours, right? You, you created that, right? Yes. Because this is the, I, just, I, I was just curious because when I was reading the book, I was like, hey, I, I haven't seen that before. This is the no, first time I've seen it. it's mine. It's my, that's my model that I created out uh-huh. of observing people for 25 years. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I, found, I found it very interesting. So I, I, would, I would love to be, able to, to, to use it. So, okay. So the, the fifth step is signature story. So here you talk about the importance of story. Yeah, I think what happens is that everyone has an answer to the question, why do you do what you do? How did you get here? And I think for a lot of people, they, they don't know how to talk about how they ended up where they are. And I think that that can be really useful in the brand to be able to tell that story. Now, sometimes the story is really sexy and exciting or dramatic and interesting. And sometimes the story is really simple. But it's it's being able to explain to people how you got to where you are, you know, and I think that that brings a depth to people's brands that isn't always there. And so I, I try to get people to figure out what's at the heart of what I call their signature story. And sometimes I've had clients where they've just ended up telling a potential client their signature story and they ended up closing the business just out of that, you know. Sometimes that story, sometimes those stories tell a lot about who we are and why we do what we do and our capacity to do what we do. You know, for me, part of my signature story is that I started out as an actor. I was an artist. So when I tell people that story, they understand that I have a really good eye for visuals. They understand I have a good sense of what looks good on video because that's what I was doing. You know, that's what I started out as. And so I think it's, I have a friend who's an actor, for example, she's a working actor, but she's also a coach. And people understand when she tells the story about how she got to be a coach, that all that acting background makes her really useful as a coach for certain kinds of things. And if you guys feel that this is something quite difficult to to comprehend, don't, don't, uh, I'll just encourage you to to check out the book, uh, because because Karen gives us, for example, for this step, she presents us with five core signature story types. So, Rocks to Riches, like And actually, just for every step in the book, I give very specific exercises that people yes. can do. Yeah, yes. the book's very practical in terms of exercises, so people can figure this stuff out for themselves. Yes, exactly. So, I, I, just, wanted, I just wanted to make it clear because... Yeah, some some of the books are just more more like of, of a story, and, and this is a very practical kind of like a notebook, a workbook, or, or if you wish. So yeah, so for for, for this step five five six, uh, step number five, we also have five uh, signature uh, story types here. So rags to riches, 
beat the bat like in Star Wars, there and back again like the Wizard of Oz, Eyes on the Prize like the Lord of the Rings, or Awakening, A Christmas Carol. So these are like different story types. So if you need inspiration, you can go through them and you can use current techniques and tools to help you, you know, get clarity on, on this step. Okay, so, so step number six would be signature services, on the other hand here. Basically, here we are talking about our unique uh, processes, our models, our, our specific systems that we use that make us different, right? Well, yeah, and signature services are really what is the thing that you're known for, right? What is the thing that you bring to the party in terms of what you can do? So if you're an executive, your signature, like I had one executive in a Fortune 500 company and her signature service was she could get any group of people to get together and get aligned and figure out a solution to problem and all get on the same page. That was her magic, right? That was her signature service. Um, other people's signature services are a, like my client who's the CEO. His signature service is the this um, process that he created. Other people's signature services or our product that they created. So it's figuring out what is, it's really your offers. It's really the answer to the question. What are you offering? What are you bringing to the table? And I think it's important to understand all these things interrelate, right? They all interact with each other. They're not separate. They all, mm-hmm. they all go together. To, that's why I call it a brand map. They all go together to form this bigger picture of the personal or the business or the team brand. So, yeah, so, and and then the last step would be brand enhancers or reducers. So, which is basically about examining where we are as of now, uh, where our brand stands today. You give us uh, uh, these exercises that you can walk through and score our brand and and see where we are as of now. And then we can make a plan on how to get to the next level. So, here, for example, you use the, the modified SWOT analysis, which is strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. Can you just give us, uh, can you can you speak to that a bit? Yeah, I think what's really important for every brand, again, whether it's personal or business or team, is you really have to have an honest assessment of where your brand is. And, you know, the SWAT is one example I give in the book. You have to step back and say, what actually are the strengths of my brand? What, what, what do I already have that makes my brand strong? And then how can I, you know, how can I leverage that? How can I increase that? Where are the weaknesses of my brand? Where am I not doing such a great job, right? Where am I, particularly in in relationship to what I know the market wants and needs? And then how can I how can I overcome those weaknesses? How can I change them? Where are the opportunities in my brand? Where is the white space? You know, where are the where are the biggest places where my brand could be getting out there more and making a bigger difference? And how do I create a strategy for that? And then what are the threats to my brand? And threats are often other brands that are doing a, in a similar business that are doing a much better job than you. So it's like looking at the competitors and saying, what are they doing that I can borrow from? What are they doing that they're doing a great job of that maybe I'm not doing such a good job of? And, you know, for me, I saw that a lot of my competitors were doing regular short videos. And I thought, you know, that's a threat. The fact that I'm not doing video is a problem. And so I started a video channel on YouTube and I do a weekly video that's, you know, one to three minutes long on my different topics. So it's it's really under stepping back and understanding what is the current state of your brand and it's an honest look right it's not it's not fooling yourself it's not it's just an honest straightforward look at your brand and then coming up with a plan to make your brand even stronger even better even more competitive right so this last step actually helps us to analyze 
our competitive landscape and, and, and also our brand, right? And see where Absolutely. we are. Absolutely. So we can make a, make a plan and, and get there faster instead of just trying and failing. Uh, we have already analyzed what's out there and where our strengths could be or where our weaknesses are and, 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 and what are the opportunities so, so we can move forward faster uh, and, and build a stronger brand. Uh, okay, so as we are approaching the end of uh, our interview, of course, I'm going to link to your book in, in the description you. below. I so appreciate that. No problem. Uh, uh, I just wanted to, to to ask you, just for our listeners who are either uh, your potential clients who want to work with you, right? CEOs, executives, business leaders, uh, or uh, consultants or, or, or branding professionals like myself who just want to uh, learn more from you. How can we get in touch, touch with so you? The easiest way is to go to my website, which is karenleland.com, K-A-R-E-N, Leland, L-E-L-A-N-D, karenleland.com. Um, and everything's on there. The people, as you said, can get the book on Amazon. They can also go to YouTube and look me up and see the videos. I'm pretty easy to find. If you just put Karen Leland or Sterling Marketing Group in Google, uh, uh, pages and pages of things come up. Yes, because this is what you teach. So this is exactly. what you do, right? Exactly. So, Awesome. Thank you so much for, for taking the time. You. To, thanks to, for to having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed this episode of On Branding Podcast and follow me on social media for more tips on branding, strategy and design. This was Arek Dvorniczak from Ivek Design. And I will see you in the next one.